1: What's up guys, organization news podcast. Sixth attempt here. We're we're, we're trying to record this for the sixth attempt. So many disruptions here in the Bowser Toyota Center. But I think this is the the one. This this one feels good. I'm I'm feeling pretty good about this one. So yeah, we are live after a good win for the Rockets. How do you feel about how they play tonight, Ali Khan?
0: Hey Salman, how are you? Hope you're doing well. I, I really do think the Rockets played possibly one of their best games of the season, I think. The the best game for them before this was that game against Indiana last Monday. And they brought up a great performance. I think this time around, their offense helped ignite most of all of this. Um, They, at one point, were shooting 20 of 40 from three-point land. Phenomenal percentage. So most threes they've made all season. Before this, it was 16. Um, Defensively, they've ranked. uh, I mean, before this game, they were seventh in defensive efficiency. Over the past five games. I think tonight they're sixth after tonight's game, so I'm on, if that's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, defense has been there. They've been playing well. Their switching defense has come alive, especially after those practices that they had um, after those big losses at home. You know, I- it's a lot a lot of the time it's mainly about shots falling. And tonight they did. It once those three pointers fell, the Rockets kept attacking the basket as well. James Harden, Chris Paul finishing more inside. Chris Paul told us after the game, he still missed a couple layups and he wants to get those improved. But the Rockets have to be happy um, with how their stars carried him. I think at the end of the first half, out of the 76 points they scored, Chris Paul. James Harden, and Clint Capella combined for 56 of them. When your star players, the three guys you pay the most money to, come out and play this well offensively, you have you don't have a lot to complain about.
1: Right. Yeah. It really did feel like it was the shooting that carried them. And as of late, you're right, the defense has been really good. It's been really good. Uh, you mentioned that stat about them being sixth in the league defensively over the past six games. They have been, and a lot of this is because of Gary Clark. The emergence of Gary Clark has been huge. Uh, Gary Clark, the two-way player that is just lighting the Rockets on fire right now. He He's he, His role on the team is increasing day by day. Minutes are going up every single game. And this is what's led to Carmelo Anthony becoming expendable. And we should probably transition to that. Um, the story of this entire day, it's been an exhausting story to follow. It was bizarre. Like, okay, so... The Rockets have been denying that this this rumor that the Rockets that you know they are indeed moving on from Carmel Anthony all day. And Daryl Morey came out and you know announced out of nowhere that he was going to do a media. By the way, let me
0: let me you know say this before someone keeps going. Daryl Morey you know announced that he was going to speak to the media ten minutes before he did. Right now, that is very rare and very bizarre. This does not happen every day here at Toyota Center.
1: Yeah, like literally I arrived and I found out that Darryl Moore was going to speak. It was one of those things where like I was prepared for Mike D'Antonio to speak at 4.15 and when Darryl spoke, it was just, it was bizarre because he literally came out and unabashedly denied all reporting about Carmelo Anthony and his future on the team. And it it just seems like what it, what the Rockets are doing behind closed doors is, is, is directly con- contradicting what they're saying to the media. And um, it's... It's bizarre. It, it, I I don't. I still don't know what the hell is going to happen. Although it, it it does seem like the players and coaches, according to Tim McMahon of ESPN, just reporting now as we as we record this podcast, do believe that Carmel Anthony's plays last game as a Houston Rocket. And it's just a, again a really weird story to cover because the team is directly to the public contradicting what, what's going on behind closed doors. It's just weird, it's and this weird. makes
0: this makes you think who who brought this upon. For this happen, because we just talked to Chris Paul post game. So when we were talking to Chris Paul, he only had positive things. He says, "You know, Melo's been here. He's been working hard." Then at the end, he says, "We'll see what happens." All right. Coach D'Antoni, he was asked, "Is Melo going to be coming on this recent, you know, trip?" Rockets already left. They're already on the way to Denver right now, as we speak. He said, hey, "He doesn't know yet. We'll see."
1: Right. That to me was very telling. And that Mike D'Antoni said the same thing yeah. in his postgame press, he said, I don't know, we'll see. Yeah. So
0: that we'll see is very telling here. Right. Is it that, you know, and you know we're gonna talk about what Darren Morris said, but it's it makes me feel like that it was more from Carmelo than right. it was, you know, from from the team. The way right. it's going back. If Chris Paul is coming and saying we'll see. You know, is that more so that Carmelo is maybe not happy with how Gary Clark has taken over his minutes? Because tonight, Gary Clark basically played Carmelo's role for him. Right. He transitioned from that three to a four, and when we ask, I asked Gary Clark afterwards, you know, you you know, you're going against Sabonis and stuff like that. How does that feel? It's like, you know, it'll take me a couple games to get used to going against bigger guys. Right. So I think he's he's also mentally getting the transition. Hey, the
1: team has told him you're playing the backup four from now on. It, yeah, it, it does feel like that.
0: And, and so and so, I think when all of this adds up together. You're seeing, you know, Melo happy, he's not playing the role he wants to. Um
1: and this is where we are. Right. It and like when 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 you ask the team about Carmelo, everybody, I'm talking Chris Paul, Mike D'Antoni, James Harden, every single significant player in this organization, and Daryl Morey. Daryl Moore, they 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 all had positive things to say about Carmel Anthony. So it does. I think you're right in that assumption that it is coming from Carmelo's camp, because nobody on the Rockets seems willing to openly say, "Yeah, we're we're discussing his role." Or, you know, all that coach speak stuff about we're moving we're moving on from a player. Nobody said that. All all indication is that they want to keep Carmel Anthony. But Carmel Anthony, behind closed doors, is telling people, "Yeah, I, I, it's not it's not working out here. It's not working out here." And God knows what the what his reasoning is. But I mean we are 11 games of this season. It it does. When that reporting came out from Adrian Wojnarowski last night, it did seem bizarre that the Rockets would pull the plug this, this soon. So, I mean, and you're right. Gary Clark has, again, he has come alive as of late and his role within the Rockets is increasing day by day. His minutes are going up every, every game. Um, He's been fantastic defensively uh, playing even more minutes than James Ennis, which is surprising. And, it's, it's been a revelation for the Rockets like uh, Just to have a two-way player come alive like this And play heavy minutes for you And fill that backup four that you've been so desperately trying to fill
0: I, I, You know, one quick thing about what Maury said I mean, I'll share yeah. my thoughts on Carmelo um, His role Maury was asked um, in the presser Hey, you know, do you know if Carmelo still wants to be a Rocket? His response? You're asking the wrong guy Everything I can tell? Yes, absolutely Right Let's end it at that in terms of you guys, listeners, you guys can add up the dots there. We've kind of laid it out for you about what's happening. Um, But, you know, and and to the point about uh, Gary Clark, Carmelo Anthony was brought here to be essentially Ryan Anderson 2.0. But a Ryan Anderson, but a Ryan Anderson who could do more off the dribble and who can possibly you know add a little bit more facilitation to the offense, add somebody who can run the pick and pop more effectively with Chris Paul, and
1: someone maybe that you can defend the switch a little bit better than Car- than yeah. Ryan Anderson could.
0: Yeah, and, and and so here are my points about Carmel Anthony. You know, come in, you run the pick and pop with Chris Paul to start for the second unit. Okay, the, you know it's decent, but he didn't shoot that well on those pick and pops. You're like, okay, if if he can't give you that. Can he, you know, be a good secondary facilitator for you with that bench unit with, you know, Eric Gordon and Chris Paul? Not many layups. I mean, sorry, not many layups. Not many assists for him either in the half court. Okay, if you can't, you know, if you're not able to pass the ball, can you be a spot-up shooter? He was a spot-up shooter. That's what he was. But when you're looking at the role the Rockets need, you have to be more consistent. He had a big game against Brooklyn where he went for 6 of 9 from 3-point range. But after that, he struggled shooting uh, shooting from outside. Um, then, you, then you talk about him in the post. The Rockets fed on the ball, you know, inside against mismatches. Every that was single successful. time he was on smaller defender, yeah. Carmelo Anthony had that basketball. And, 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 you know, more times than not, he made those shots. But at the end of the day, you know what? Offensively, it wasn't consistent enough. Even though he rarely scored in the teens, it just wasn't consistent enough. I think ultimately, yes, you can talk about his offense, where this was a nail, nail in the coffin for him, um, was defensively. Gary Clark... Coming out there and say it, is the better help defender. It's a much better weak side shot blocker than
1: Carmelo Anthony is. E. coming out with the hot takes. Gary Clark's a better defender than Carmelo Anthony okay, okay, Oh Okay, okay, My God. Now
0: let me, let me, let me, let me. Put the caveat on. here. I gotta, Carmelo... I gotta sit down here for a second. Let me adjust my seating. <laughs> you know, you know, I'll make you, I'll make you, you know, start sweating a little bit. Carmelo Anthony, you know, is only allowing me, I think point seven points per possession on isolation plays. It's pretty good for Carmelo Anthony. Right. But. The teams aren't targeting him on switches as much as you think. Yes, we see Donovan Mitchell. Yes, we've seen, you know, teams do it. Teams are more targeting him on the weak side. Right. And the reason why is that because of his defensive awareness, because he's just not a good weak side shot blocker. And if you're going to play him at power forward, you're going to expect it to happen. Clint Capella and Isaiah Hartenstein, every time they're in the game, teams will switch them out to the perimeter. When that happens, you are depending on your small forward or your power forward to come over and rotate and contest at the rim. Carmelo wasn't just good enough, was was not good enough.
1: And it really killed you when you had James Harden on the floor at the same time with him. Like, it was just, those lineups were brutal defensively. When you
0: get beat off the dribble, number one. Number two, when Clint Capella's away, you have to have that weak side shot blocker make a play. And that just was not happening. And when that doesn't happen... That's what allowed the Rockets to give so many points in the paint. I'm not gonna say it was all on Carmelo.
1: No, oh, okay. Listen, hold on. I want. I, I want to make a point here. Carmelo at the rim. His his weak side help protection was just. I, I don't like using. He was soft. He was. Soft. Yeah. He, he he didn't meet guys at the rim. He didn't contest guys. He didn't, he didn't put his chest. The best way the guys. to put it. Yep. Yeah. Like, and I hate using that word. I I think that use that word is used all the time wrong. And. I couldn't think of a better word to describe him at the rim he's just he's just and it's not his fault that's that's not what Carmel Anthony was brought to this team to do he was he was brought on this team to to make uncontested three pointers and he's just not hitting them enough at a clip to where it justifies keeping him on the team and when you have Gary Clark come in like this and uh presume a bigger role and play your role better than you have. I mean, there's no... I mean, I, I just don't see a future with this team. I, I, I just don't. Um, the Rockets can deny it all they want. I I, I can't see a situation with, in which Carmelo Anthony suits up again for this team. It, it, I would be thoroughly surprised if he plays again. I would be floored if he plays another game for the Rockets. Uh, he's, uh, he's legitimately sick right now, by the way. Um, he's actually... A lot of people have assumed that this is, you know, just... This is just coach speak and saying, you know, like the Rockets are moving around behind the scenes. It's not true. He's he's actually sick right now, but I do believe that the Rockets are going to take this opportunity to part ways with him, and I think Carmelo is going to find you home by the end of the week. I I, I don't I don't think Carmelo, end of the week. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think it's going to happen pretty fast.
0: All right, to so well, you spewing the hot takes. I got to sit down for this, um, you know, but. With Carmelo, you know we talked. We've, we
1: have seven days. I'm just saying it's a Sunday. Okay. All right. All right. You're I, gonna like you're more, gonna throw that out no, there. I mean, okay. Relax. Give it's, yourself it's, some it's, more time. It's Sunday. I'm not giving us. It's Sunday. End of the week is Saturday. Like we have we have time. All right. Go ahead. No cheers.
0: Um I think ultimately let's talk about some Gary Clark here, right? Because yes, Carmelo, you know, according to McMahon, has played us last game. According to Rockets coaches and players, um, but Gary Clark has earned this playing time. All right. You know we talk about his defense we talk about you know all the stuff he's doing defensively I think the biggest thing now with him getting playing time is how can he continue to contribute offensively tonight he was one of four from three which he's shooting sub 30% uh, from the perimeter I think that's not good enough right however I will say that he is working his butt off pregame practice Working on those perimeter set shots where he comes off on pick and pop. I've seen him work on that shot with the training staff, not with the training staff, sorry, with the coaches, um, pregame tonight. His first three pointer actually came off a of pick and pop. Um, so the Rockets are getting him in spots where he's comfortable in that left corner, that left slot. You know, as one of his three point makes came from there, I think he needs to continue to work on that, make those shots because like tonight, teams, if, if switches aren't working, teams will trap Chris. Teams will trap James. And when that happens, and when Clint gets the ball in a short roll, he's going to find an open shooter in the corner. And nine times out of ten, PJ Tucker will be covered. It'll be Gary Clark shooting a three. And you need Gary Clark to start knocking those down. You know, you need Gary Clark to basically make that defender who's deciding between PJ and Gary who to defend on. You need him to pick Gary. You need him to make it more difficult on that defender. Um, And I I think ultimately that's where Gary Clark needs to continue to develop. Yes, he's been great defensively. Yes, he's helping secure defensive rebounds. Yes, he's helping secure offensive rebounds. But at the end of the day, his playing time will only be consistent if he can consistently himself hit those three-pointers.
1: The Rockets are only allowing 97.5 points per game when Gary Clark's on the floor. That's nuts. That's like nobody on the team is allowing less than 100. And Gary Clark's out here. And he, he's he's yeah, barely he, on the perimeter. Right. He is
0: barely on the perimeter. I think that's where you also see teams now. They know Gary Clark is great around the rim and they know he can, you know, he can post. If he plays some nice post defense today against Sabonis, he's only going to get better. He just seems to learn after every game with more reps. He gets better and better. I think ultimately teams are going to start, you know, putting him out on switches. And once that happens, we'll see how he fares on those switches one on one. Right. Um, I think right now though, teams are more, you know, you know, buying on the fact that, hey, if we take Capella away from the rim, or hey, if we take Hardenstein away from the rim, we'll take our chances with Gary Clark. But Gary Clark has been doing a hell of a job inside.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, and and the offense is a concern. The Rockets are only scoring 98.6 points per 100 possessions when he's on the floor. But he he is so good defensively that he is still a positive plus 1.1 per 100 possessions when he's on the floor. Um, That's insane. And I think the Rockets are... Going to, I think the Rockets are going to seriously consider playing him heavy minutes. Like I'm talking 25, maybe close to close to 30. Like the, the, He's already played 175 minutes. You want to know how many minutes Gerald Green's played? A guy who's played all 11 games? 202 minutes. That's nuts. That's nuts. Like For a guy who's only played... Like, Gerald
0: Green, by the way, was the eighth guy in the rotation coming to right. the season.
1: Yeah. And it, t- to be that close to Gerald in minutes when you've only really played this last five, six games, like, that's nuts. The Rockets are really putting a heavy load on him At At
0: halftime, he played 15 minutes. Yeah. At halftime, Ennis only played 13 minutes, to your point earlier about him playing more minutes than Ennis. Yeah. And I think right now the Rockets are seeing that, and they toyed with this earlier today, by the way. They toyed with this uh, late, late in the game. Gary Clark, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, James Harden, Chris Paul. Not James Ennis who they tried to do it earlier this season, but Gary Clark in that small ball lineup. They struggled a little bit, but that's to be said, it's the first time they are probably played together. Even in practice, they haven't played this lineup together. So I think with more reps... He'll continue to get better. I think possibly Chris Paul and James Harden could use Gary as a screener. We saw some of that tonight. And then get him on a short roll, get him more reps as a passer in those situations to make him a better decision maker. I think teams will also welcome that as well, opposing teams. Right, and if Um, you use him
1: as a screener, teams often have their worst defender on Gary. So that often gets that worst defender back on Harden or Chris. Mm -hmm. So that's a a really effective strategy. I like that look. And the thing with Gary is – I. He really needs to get that corner three down. He does. Like, he's, there's two of them. Like I told you, in the fourth yeah, quarter, missed wide open two shots. He, he needs. To, he needs to at least hit them at a 35 percent rate. He, he, I don't think he'll ever get to the point where he's 40 percent, 38 percent, or even like close to that range. He, if he gets, I mean, he
0: shot well in the preseason. His shot looks good. He just, I guess, maybe more confidence. And he's not he not shy, needs. Or, he's not
1: shy to shoot them, which is a good thing. Like he, when he's open, he takes them. Mm-hmm. which is important like when you when you're just not taking those like that really bogs houston's offense down but when you're taking them the flow is much better the rock the rockets can trust you more with passes and i think i think that last development in this game just just get that corner three down to 35 this season it's not going to go any anywhere near 38 to 40 percent. but if you can get it to 35 you're playable and you're playable in some of the the most important lineups the rockets are going to throw out there um you want to talk about Capo's injury here for a second
0: I think it's I, I I think it's a big deal. Yeah. But I think it's a big deal for the good reasons. How it's only a bruise.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he bumped knees with Darren Collison today. He
0: bumped his left knee setting a screen and in that. In yeah. that uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, he went out for the he went he was pretty scared. He he had to be helped off the floor to the bench. He could not put any weight on. Yeah. Him. Yeah. And uh, surprisingly, he came in just a few minutes later, and he, he talked about how his knee tightened up as he mm. played more minutes. But he was he was spry in the beginning. He was spry. It's one of those things that I feel like he's going to be sore tomorrow morning, and I feel like it's it's gonna it's gonna linger a little bit, and I it's a it's a real question as to whether or not he's going to play. It
0: would surprise me if he plays. Right. He said himself he's probably a maybe. Right. Um. With the bruise like that, when you play the Warriors on Thursday, I and, think the Rockets will be very careful with him. Um. But at the same time, this would be an easier decision if they had an A. Yeah. They're missing the A. Coach Antonio said earlier today that he hopes to have him back soon. Um. He's been saying that for a few weeks. Who knows when that right. soon is. Um. But, you know, Hi- Isaiah Hardenstein can play hard. He's still working on his chemistry and timing with James Harden and Chris Paul in those pick and rolls. If Nene was here, I'd say that you'd be okay, um, you know, having you know, Nene start. But now, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens because you have Nikola Jokic. You might have there. to
1: start Harsta- Hardenstein tonight.
0: on, he only played eight guys. Eight-man yeah. rotation. And that's and out of
1: necessity. Yeah. You, you can't play MCW and…
0: Um, well, that's my question. If you don't have Capella and you're forced to play P.J., at that five, will we see my Carter Williams against Denver? I think we might. If General's not able to play, I think it's, we might because you have linked with my Carter Williams defensively.
1: But he's not good enough defensively to justify playing. Like Gary Clark is good enough defensively to where his offense, offensive game almost doesn't matter, right? But MCW's all, his defense is not that; it's not good enough to where we can justify playing him. Like he's gotten to the point where, like the the real reason, like a real linchpin for the Rockets' run here, is their they're, they're they're playing their negative players a lot less minutes and they're playing their positive players a lot more minutes and they're getting their guys back like that's been a big reason for this run that's not being talked about enough health and just just playing guys more minutes and limiting the roles of carmel and anthony of mcw of marquise chris those guys cannot play like they they, they are just harmful with the rockets in in their own unique ways right like Carmel Anthony is so bad defensively that it's just really, really hard to play him with your best units. And MCW, MCW just shrinks the floor for you. Like, he just he makes you play four on five. I mean, five on four. Yeah, whatever. Four on five. I'm sorry, I was right. First time. But yeah, he makes you play four on five because defenders just back off of you way far. You
0: know, he's improved his jump shot mechanically. It's more so he's not hitting it or not hitting it. he's not sh- not hitting it for sure but he's not shooting it with confidence he works on that shot every single pregame with coach John Lucas he sits there puts a the basketball right there between his elbow and his shoulder gets the form right and then starts shooting shots keeps the basketball between his knees to help with balance starts shooting shots his form is good i just think his confidence needs to get there
1: and I, I honestly don't think he should be taking those. Like he, he is someone I just think should just keep continue to move. If you're going to play him, which I would be surprised, so if be like pull, a Roberson slash inside yeah, kind just, of just thing. Just keep on okay. moving, keep on moving, because you cannot stand out there in the perimeter. You are hurting Houston's offense by standing there not moving. Like, and I've and I've railed on this way too much, but it, it it's something that needs to be put into his head because he, he by standing out there. You're just... The, the court is so small for Harden and Quinn Paul. It's, it's not even it's not even a question that he should be moving because at least that way, he's, he probably, he's providing with some spacing. And the problem is he's not finishing at the rim well enough to where teams respect his slashing enough. So, yeah, I mean, it, I, I would be surprised if MCW plays. It's one of those things where we might have to play him because they're just losing bodies left and right. And, if Clint, and this Clint Capella injury is something to monitor. Um, but, yeah... It, it, it's it's a concern. It's a concern. The Rockets have not gotten their full their full rotation healthy. Um, luckily, right now, I would say their five most important players are healthy, um, minus obviously Clint Capela. is a question mark right now, and that's been a real reason for this run, uh, this mini run. I, I, the Rockets aren't anywhere near being back yet, but the reason they've improved so well defensively is they're they're they they just don't have to play these guys that are backing up Chris Paul and James Harden. As much as they had before, like they 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 can play Eric Gordon more. They can play three three ball units, and it's much more it's much more manageable to play your starters heavy minutes than to have to rely on those guys. I
0: want to you know say a quote that Harden said. Harden talked about you know are the Rockets getting the shots they want in terms of their following or not. He says yeah you know yeah for sure. I don't know if it's just guys getting comfortable shooting the shot, some of the newer guys, or whether it's rhythm, whether it's Eric getting back or myself, just as long as we continue to shoot and have that confidence, they'll fall, they'll start falling, and they did tonight.
1: Right, and Darryl talked about this in this pregame interview. Like He he felt the same way. We're, We're allowing the shots that we want to allow, and we're shooting the shots that we want to take. They're just not going in and opponents are shooting a high percentage i mean you remember that at the beginning of that spurs game the spurs just would not miss they had a true shooting percentage in the 70s like that was just it was they were they were making the most incredible shots and it was just demoralizing for the rockets and the and they couldn't hit shots in the end and i i think I think the the more they focus on okay, let's just let's just make our defense. Let's just make our defense cl- as close to elite as we possibly can. If the jump shots go in, that's fine. But we're gonna have to win games. We're gonna ha- we're gonna have to rely on our defense right now because right now this offense is so bad to where your defense is actually much better. And I think I think they can do it. I, I, their schedule is really tough. They play Denver next, and they play the Warriors, possibly two of the four best teams in the NBA right now. Like that's. It's tough, but, I mean, I, th- I think they can manage to play confidently. It's going be
0: a great test um, right. for the Rockets these next two games. I mean, that being said, I do not want to take away anything from how they played against the Pacers the last two times. Pacers are a legitimate, legitimate Eastern Conference playoff team. Right. And you're able to put together these two performances against an elite defensive team. I think that's awesome um, if, you're, if you're a Rockets fan. And I think, ultimately, with James Harden, um, and to your point, he's also healthy. Right. We're coming off a week. Exactly, about eight days since he returned from his injury last Saturday in Chicago. That hamstring, he's able to stop it and go as he did before the injury. I think ultimately James Harden's hamstrings are a big reason why he's able to do what he does. I think today, so we saw it. how many times that he just sit there, you know, with the dribble, you know, back and forth, back and forth and stop and go immediately. Start on and decelerate down, down the court, downhill and finish over a guy or stop on a dime and pass to somebody for a three. I mean, that was a James Harden we're used to seeing. A guy who can carry the load offensively. The, you know, the big reason why he was the best isolation player last year and the big reason why before the injury, the Rackets were the
1: best isolation offensive team in the NBA. Right. Uh, you want to get to questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, you, I'll, I'll let you pick. All right, man. We got a lot of
0: questions. and I guess we'll go with the ones that did it in that 10-minute time frame. Um, first question. What does your gut tell you will happen with Melo Cut. Minutes reduced, something else. Yeah,
1: that's, that feels pretty self-explanatory. I,
0: I will say, I think... It's, I think Melo could... There is a route of Melo coming back and Melo sticking with his team, but it's ultimately the question of his role. We know right now Gary Clark, the way he's playing right now, and, and I didn't I to mention this earlier, he has a full backing of the veterans. Chris Paul is always talking to Gary Clark, P.G. Tucker is always talking to Gary Clark. They're helping putting him. They're help. They're helping put him in positions for him to be successful. Um, can Mello take on that diminished role? You know, he's played well against you know the lower tier teams, and you'll need him from time to time to help space the floor, and knock down shots. But is he willing to take that lesser role? That's going to be the ultimate question mark.
1: Yeah. I I I, I kind of just feel like it's it's done. Like I I feel like there's been too much reporting. There's like really good reporters to where there's too much there. There's too much smoke there. I feel like the Rockets are going to cut him within the next week. And um you know, good luck to Melo on his next spot. I, I I really he's been a pleasure to interview here in Houston. He's been a uh, very not,
0: very honest straightforward guy. Yeah.
1: Uh, all the players love him. Uh, my, he never had any issue with Mike D'Antoni. Never, no, like that was a big concern for Melo. Uh, it seems like they've mended their fences, and I feel like um, they were both very optimistic yeah. coming in, and the
0: optimism was still there. Yeah, at the start and, of the season.
1: Yeah, and, and still tonight. I mean, D'Antoni talked about it. I mean, him and Melo are cool. I mean, they if he, if if they bring him back, D'Antoni will find a role for him, and I think I just think. I just think it didn't work out. It, it happens. It happens with guys, and it happens especially with minimum guys. It's, it's just one of those things where Melo's at the end of his career. He's he's the situations and where he's useful are diminishing by the day, and the teams in which he can help uh, this, this team isn't on one of those isn't on one of those lists. It's it's not. I, and I, I do I do I do think there's a situation where he can find a role in the NBA and be a positive player again. I hope I wish the best for him. But yeah, I, I, as far as his future with the Rockets, I just don't see it. Going yeah, on very long. I guess, I guess we'll see
0: what happens in the coming coming hours, coming days. Um,
1: next question.
0: Uh, how would you feel about Clark starting at the three? I think we talked about this a little bit in terms of what I'm going to say for my answer. Um, I know Rockets are very high on Gary Clark. I, myself, am very
1: high. I love talking to the guy. guys.
0: You know, great interviews. Very smart guy. You can definitely tell that. I don't think he's ready to start at the three.
1: Yeah, me either. Uh, I I think the spacing is too important with James Ennis, and I feel like the veteran, uh, the time Jen, James Ennis has put into this league, I feel Mike like my-
0: D'Antoni really likes James Ennis. Let's put that out there. Yeah,
1: Mike D'Antoni, I I had if you haven't read my piece on
0: James Ennis and who the guy is and why he came to the Rockets, please do us at the Athletic. He said Coach D'Antoni, you know, wants him to shoot a career high in threes. Coach D'Antoni wants him to do this. Coach D'Antoni is a big reason why James Ennis is here, right. and. I don't think James Innis is leaving that starting lineup barring a significant event from happening. Right. Um, James Innis has played well defensively. Yes, he's you know sees some fouls, but he's an he's an aggressive on-ball defender. The
1: Rockets are playing much better defensively than James is on the floor. It's 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 very, very good He
0: he is important for the way they play. I, I will pick out there were certain plays tonight where I, I when I watch Rockets games, I look at more so what's going on off the ball. There were there were you know, a good amount of plays tonight where he was helping signal where guys should be defensively. He was helping me. It's like, hey, I got the help side. You go pick up the ball and stunt. Right? whatever. He was pointing out the positions for guys to be in. I think that's a very important quality to have, especially with the starting group. When you have PJ, and if Ennis can slowly become that secondary communicator, that's those are two guys that are key cogs of that group, especially when teams are going to always switch Capella away from the rim.
1: Right, yeah. James Ennis is the Trevor Ariza of this year's Rockets, and I, I would say... Gary Clark is trying to fit into the role of Luke and yeah. of last year's Rockets. Yeah, yeah he's, he's that, that's. I, I don't think he's ready to start, but he's played really well. Played really well.
0: Thoughts on going after Batum? Um, that's not happening.
1: Uh, yeah, it, it's. But Batum can be a positive player in the t- in the NBA, but his contract is just so absurd, and he's not getting traded here. Yeah, and yeah, I I don't think it's going to happen.
0: Would you like to see Melo getting more minutes as a stretch five? How do you see we using him now? I think we've talked about that. Enough. I kind of went through the pick and pop and post post ups and all that stuff like that. Um, foresee any big shakeup type moves that would be surprising? What below radar
1: targets do you think the Rockets will look to add? Um, Damari Carroll. Damari Carroll is a guy I think will get bought out this year by the Brooklyn Nets, and that's a guy I think the Rockets should look at. I, I, I think I think they're, that that's someone they thought of when they didn't spend their 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 taxpayer MLE this summer. I think that, I think that's someone. I think will be available. Trevor Reza, obviously, is someone that's been mentioned, um, will become available. Guys like that, 3 and D wings like that, I think those are the guys you should be looking for as far as shake-up moves at the end of the roster. As far as any massive trade, I think the Rockets want to see Brandon Knight before they make any sort of conclusive decision on him. Hey, why don't
0: we talk about Brandon Knight a little bit before yeah. we keep going? Someone and I were sitting just chilling pregame, um, setting up for the game, And both of us noticed Brandon Knight's warming up down down on the court with John Lucas, and he looks good. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, he's not in game shape, but he looks good. You know, he went through a couple layup drills. Knee looks good. Knee looks good. He had no brace on it, no noticeable limp, no noticeable, you know, movement that would signify that he's struggling with anything. He was shooting up threes. His form looked nice. I mean, he looks good. And I asked somebody today, I asked somebody with the Rockets, you know, when can we expect um, Brandon Knight back? And there's still no t- timetable. So when we hear something, you will hear something.
1: Yeah, they're being really cautious with him, and as they should. ACL t- injury is no joke. I know we've gotten a lot. We've gotten way farther in modern science with a- where ACL tears. I mean, he also
0: had an infection in that knee, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's also a significant thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, um, so I think they want to see Brendan Knight and um, before they make any sort of conclusive decision on trading him or not because that's going to be the biggest piece. If, if they make a trade this year that's of any sort of significance, it's going to involve Grant mm-hmm. He is the biggest contract that is expendable for the Rockets and I think the Rockets just want to take a look at him before they make any sort of big trade. But Daryl talked about this, man. They're exploring everything right now. They're a 5-7 f- a and seven basketball team. They should be exploring everything. They're, they're going to look at all options. They're going to look at... They're uh, not satisfied with their yeah, yeah right now. Yeah. 100% they're not satisfied. Yeah, the, the, Daryl, and I guarantee you Daryl, probably making calls right now like they, they're 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 really active they're a really active team and i think i think they're gonna they're gonna explore everything i just i just think they want to look at Brian Knight a little bit just a little bit before they make any sort of big trade but i i would say look at guys like damari Carroll. look at guys like trevor reza those are the guys i think the rockets will target as the buyout market approaches but that is pretty far away
0: um you know a couple more questions um what vet minimum guys should we bring in in what positions
1: they definitely need some wings
0: yeah um if you know uh, my co-worker, Kelly Eco, another guy, who you know, the Rockets beat writer for The Athletic, um, you know, he talked about Anthony Morrow and Nick Young as two guys to look at as possibly. Um, if you want to check that out, it's it's um, he posted about that a few weeks ago. He wrote a story.
1: Yeah, the Rockets um, showed interest in Nick Young like last this summer. So, yeah, I mean, the, 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 there's, they're going to throw some feelers out. I, th- I think, yeah, the wing is definitely of importance right now, especially if Carmel Anthony leaves. You're going to need to fill those minutes. You're going to need to find guys. Um and if they truly want to contend this year, you're going to have to go up against the Warriors, and to go up against the Warriors, you need as much switchable wings that can shoot threes as you possibly can. So yeah, m- wings at the vet minimum, I think they're going to look at that, and I think they'll use their taxpayer MLE this year. I, I don't think that's going to disappear suddenly. I think they're going to use it. Oh, that is definitely yeah. being
0: saved yeah. for buyout purposes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess uh, two more questions. How is out outplaying Chris for the backup center role? Um, couple things. Marquise Chris is viewed as a stretch five, who can play and is very athletic. However, Isaiah Hardenstein hustles. He has shown great flashes with the team in RGV. Someone may disagree. I think he's going to slowly develop into a backup center they can rely
1: on. Yeah, Hardenstein's better. Hardenstein's better. I mean, like Marquise Chris, at this point, he needs to be fighting for for his role in the NBA. Like, he is... I mean, there's a reason a team like Phoenix moves on for him. After what they gave up to get Marquise Chris, to move on from him is no joke. And like,
0: wait till Nene gets back. Nene's not... Nene will be back. Yeah. And when he gets back...
1: Yeah, he needs to be fighting right now because I, I, I just... He's on the fringes of the NBA. Like, he is... There, there is... I haven't seen any conclusive data to show that he's a positive NBA player. He has
0: all the athleticism in the world. Yeah, but Can he put it together?
1: I don't think so. Uh, I mean, it just happens. It happens with guys, and I, I think... I think as of right now, Hardenstein is going to take up that backup side. And, and like, I think what, Hardenstein is really, really like, like he has a nose for the ball. And I think if he can finish better at the rim, that, that's something he needs to improve. No, he's,
0: a, he's, a, he's actually, you know, playing overseas. He's a good finisher. I think the ultimately why we're not seeing him finish as efficiently as we would want from a center like him is because of timing. Yeah. Um, there's times where Harden wants a longer screen. And he'll immediately slip. Or there's times where Harden's like, you know, cut this way and he'll stay a little bit longer. I think the timing needs to be better for him. Once that timing is there, like we saw today, the alley hoop pass, he was catching on the way down. Yeah. If that timing gets better, I think he'll his scoring will get better. I think teams will respect his gravity a lot more because he can definitely jump.
1: Yeah. And people always talk about how, oh, Clint Capella must have it really easy here. It's a tailgating message, But man, it's, I don't envy any big playing in the system because bigs are asked of a lot here you're you're asked to switch all five positions first of all secondly you're you're obviously you have to protect the rim third like man those screens are so important in what the rockets do like they need to have good screen setters and james harden is left-handed chris paul is right-handed that is that can be really confusing for bigs like to, to know where what direction to set that screen at like I know, if like I, that would be difficult for me to say. Like that's that's just yeah. that's a lot. That's a lot. It to takes remember.
0: a lot of reps. James Harden, Clint Capella, people people forget they took them two three years to build at least some sort of good chemistry when yeah. Mike D'Antoni came, and after that, they their chemistry still wasn't good until halfway through last, like two seasons ago. Right. It takes time. Yeah. With Hardenstein, the Rockets really like him. It's just going to take time for him to get adjusted to playing with number one, weling passers, and number two that timing correct.
1: Yeah, I'm really high on Harnstein. I, I, I like him a lot. I, I think he has a real sticking power in this league. Um He has a definite skill, which is he's, off- he's offensive one of the rebounding. Most,
0: he's, he's one of the most agile bigs I've come across in the NBA in my Yeah, team.
1: his offensive rebounding, just giving the Rockets second chance. Like There was a possession yesterday where he had back-to-back offensive rebounds. It's the fourth and, quarter. Yeah, and and it didn't result in a score. But that really, really energizes the Rockets. And, and offensive rebounding is at a little bit of a reduced value because they they've, the shot clock is now 14 seconds after offensive rebounds. They're still really important. They're still really important in today's league. So I, I think he'll have a real sticking power in this league. I like him a little bit better than Marquis Chris. All right, last question. What's your Rockets panic level on a scale of 1 to 10?
0: I think after what I've seen defensively, I'm going to say panic level is a 4 because everybody's coming back healthy defensively they've improved offensively the last two games they're running their dribble handoffs much more effectively than they did two weeks ago and for me that's very important to me it's a very big part of the Rockets offense they're getting the shots they want I think now they're gonna start to hopefully fall and once that happens we'll see this Rockets team compete at a higher level and not and they're not gonna get blown out as they did a few weeks ago
1: yeah and a lot of this really depends on what what are you expecting of the rockets if you're expecting them to be a contender right now we're at like a seven or eight on the panic meter yeah. uh, but if you're expecting them to be a, like what are the chances they're going to be a good team again you know I'd say maybe a five four or five like that they're right now as of our, right now they look like they're on a team headed towards 500. And, you know, that's concerning. Their, their defense is going to have to carry them before they get their offense going. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd say if you're expecting them to be a good team again, four or five, it, it, it's really up in the air if they're going to become a good team again. Contender, right now, they're, they shouldn't even be discussing that right now. They should be discussing getting to the playoffs because that, that's kind of where they're at right now. West five tough, and seven. Man. Yeah, five and seven in this Western Conference can kill you. That one and five start is going to bite them if they don't get it together really quick.
0: They they need to go on a winning streak to get them yeah. themselves
1: back in it. Yeah, and it's going to be tough. There again, we mentioned their schedule. They play Denver. They and Tony
0: talked about today. They're in the hard part of their schedule. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they're going to need a month where they play some easy opponents, some some Eastern Conference teams to really get going. Any other questions? I think
0: everything else we've kind of talked about already. So oh, let's
1: talk about Jimmy Butler. That I want to have some. I want to ask you your closing thoughts on the Jimmy Butler saga because okay. the Rockets were a team that was interested in Jimmy Butler and throw out a significant offer now we don't know the full extent of that offer we don't know the protections on those four picks that they offered reportedly but we do know that they threw out an offer of marquis chris brandonite and four first round picks we don't know the protections i'm going to assume that they were protected significantly on the front end especially right and i it's it's one of those things where my initial thoughts were were like, man, this is someone that the Rockets were targeting, and I don't think they had any real shot at getting him because I think the Minnesota was eyeing trading him to a, an Eastern Conference team, which was really discouraging to me. I, I, I don't like I don't like that that whole that logic of only trading with the other conference. That makes no sense to me. I think you should go about go after the best offer available. So yeah, and I mean, it's
0: ultimately they wanted to win now. Yeah, and Roko and. Sorry, just given that win-now mode. However, I think ultimately with this Rockets team, you see they're going to have three veterans if you give us Butler. Yeah. Three veterans. How do you know, not even the, not even the 2019 pick, but how do you know the 2021 pick won't be a lottery pick? You don't know. You don't know. Yeah. I would take, if I was Minnesota, I would have taken that risk of getting the 21, 23rd, and 25th pick because there's a chance three of those four could be lottery picks and high-end lottery
1: picks. Right. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I, you get the feeling now through reporting and just reading the tea leaves, the Rockets never seriously put PJ Tucker on the table. They never. They re- can't. Yeah, they,
0: he's, and, he's their most important defensive player. They haven't gone for defensive player of the year internally.
1: Right. Yeah, and, and it's one of those. Th- yeah, I I just feel like if the, if Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker were both on the table, I think this would have been much easier for for. The Minnesota Timberwolves to accept, but yeah, I my closing thought is yeah, it's unfortunate like that you got traded. To, Rock is cutting at the third star, but
0: you know what? They've they've they're improving defensively. The shots going in, I think ultimately that optimism you would have gone from a third star is getting here with the offense and the defense and the way they played the last few games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and minus a thunder game. Of and, course. and honestly, I like the I like the offer for both teams. Like I, I, I like the Sixers going all in and go and getting Jimmy Butler. I like I like the return that Minnesota got. Um I think they fit really well around Carl Anthony Towns. Um we're still the jury's still out on if Andrew Williams can become a real significant player in this league. Yeah. But Andrew but Carl Anthony Towns, I think those are really good fits next to him. Um so yeah, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow me on Twitter at Red Nation Hoops I'm working follow you Econ
0: you can follow me at rockets underscore insider and i just i just thought of this pun for the whole mellow saga you know this is like stay me seven yo or stay mellow whatever with a seven in it yeah don't stay me seven oh.
1: give us five stars on itunes <laughs> and uh yeah guys good night